Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Father, we thank you. We're grateful because indeed, you are the God of all flesh and the Father of spirits. Who are we that you are mindful of us? Who are we that you visit us? We thank you because we know your presence is here. Regardless of the goings on in our society, in our economy, even in our own personal spaces, we acknowledge that you are faithful. You have been faithful and you remain faithful for that is who you are. You cannot disown yourself. And so, Lord, today we just humble ourselves before you. We humble our hearts to receive from you. We know that time spent with you is quality time. It is not time wasted because you have prepared a table before us. And on that table is a feast of fat things. So, Father, have your way today. Speak a word to us. Instruct our hearts. Correct us. That we may grow and mature in you becoming more Christ-like in every way. Minister grace to every hearer today, Lord, to not only be hearers, but to be doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So we start a new teaching series this month. We start a new teaching series this month. Okay, sorry. I'm trying to understand this note that has been sent. And it starts contagious gratitude. Contagious gratitude. Unfortunately, it looks like we're having multimedia challenges, so we will not be able to go on with slides. Please confirm we can at least see scripture. Can we have scriptures up? All right, please put up Psalm 103. Verses 1 to 5, the New Living Translation. Today's sermon is titled, Good God. Good God. Can you help me say that? Good God. Good God. And I know that it is something we say, I mean, it's, a, it's literally like a chant in, in Christendom. Christianese say, when I say God is good, you say what? Exactly. But the question is, what does that mean to you as a person? What does that mean to you as an individual? Maybe there's one person in the room or even more who believes every time people say God is good, they're just quiet because they can point to one, two, three, four, five things in their lives that does not necessarily justify the goodness of God. And I want to take a saying from someone whom I respect and I've read and interacted with a lot of his materials, A.W. Toza. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is what is important to us. And he doesn't say that to diss anyone, but it's the honest truth. We are very quick as humans to appropriate God's goodness based on how we experience him, which is the normal or natural or the rational thing to do. There are so many things uh, and prevailing situations in our world currently that perhaps a couple of us have been meditating on and we're feeling like, God, are you as good as the word says you are? Are you really who your words say that you are? The 
person that my parents have introduced to me, the person that I hear about in church on Sunday, sometimes I see things going crazy and I'm unable to piece it together and acknowledge the fact that yes, you are good. My assignment this month, by God's grace, is to shape and to change mindsets about the goodness of God. To help you gain perspective on what it means to have a God that is good. That would ultimately improve your outlook, your perception, and shape your or change your attitude. How you engage with God, how you see Him, how you interact with Him. So there are three fundamental truths that I will start off with. Please can this timer stay on? It's very distracting. I need to be able to know how much longer I have. Three fundamental truths that we need to understand and just accept because it is what it is. It is true. Regardless of whatever you are personally going through, regardless of whatever is happening in our world, in our society, in our nation, Nigeria, these fundamental truths don't change. Okay? And the first one is this. God is inherently good, which speaks to his nature. Someone would approach Jesus at some point and say to him, Master, good Lord. And Jesus, who is the Son of God, would say to the guy, No one is good except God. The psalmist would acknowledge that God is good and only does good. So by default, the nature of God is good. That is the first truth that we need to establish. By default, His nature is good he cannot be otherwise so take for instance this camera stand here this camera stand has been or this tripod actually there's no camera on it but this tripod has been designed with its legs its hinges to support a camera imagine that i put my ipad or my tab on it it has not been designed to support my ipad or my tab it can only do what it has been designed to do, what its inherent nature is. That is who God is. He's inherently good. His nature is good. The second thing is that God is always good. The goodness of God is not dependent on how you are feeling. It is that He is always good. In the good times and the not so good times that you deem not so good, and those times are the times when we have challenges, when things are not going our way, when we are rejected, when someone breaks your heart, you know, when that job you've been chasing doesn't come through for you, when you are broke, when you have a health challenge. God does not stop being good because the tendency is to only appropriate goodness to God only when, he's, when things are going well for us, only when things are exciting for us. So irrespective of the situation, the economic hardships, the failures, the dark seasons of your life, God is always good. And scripture is full of examples about this. So I said we should put up Psalm 103. Okay, please open your Bibles on your gadgets. Just go ahead and open up your Bibles. Psalm 103 would we'll read together. If you can please help me with New Living Translation. Verses 1 to 5. We would read together. Just let me know when you are there, please. 
Are we there? Okay, shall we read? One, two, go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I can hear you guys. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, pause. Did he say some? Did he say a few? He says not to forget all of God's benefits. That's what the psalmist is saying here. Literally reminding himself that there is a way I can live my life where I am not mindful of all of the benefits of God. There are certain things that I consider inconsequential. I consider them mundane. I trivialize them. Let me give you an example. So just pause. We're on verse 2. We'll start off with verse 3 in a bit. So think about it. When you have a migraine, no, maybe not a migraine. Let's, let's, I mean, people have had like bouts of boils, like attacks of boils. When I say attack, now I'm not spiritual attack, because I know we're all very spiritual. But like you've had a boil type issue. Anybody has ever had a boil? Is there a fancy name they call a boil? A boil is a boil, right? Okay. I remember having a boil at some point in time in my life on my eye and it was horrible. In fact, your head, your nose, every part of it just hurts along with the part that has the boil. Really nasty. So think about it. You have a boil or you woke up this morning, you were feeling a little not so good, you know, in your health and you're telling your friend. What are the things you would say? Tell me. What would you say? You want to tell her how you're feeling and the fact that you're not feeling too well. Who we'll say I'm in pain? You're in pain. Okay. So you're just meeting her. Hi, I'm in pain. Yeah, yeah. You, she's your friend. No, 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 no. She's your friend. Yes. So you pick up your phone and you call her and you're trying to like explain how you are feeling. Does anybody have any friend or family member that when maybe you call them up and they're not feeling too good and what they start off with is Man, I woke up this morning um, and I, my, my kidneys were just performing really well. My spleen was like in the right position. You know, my lungs had the right amount of oxygen and carbon dioxide just mixing and mashing. You know, even though my ankle feels a little funny, but my head just feels really okay. Do you have anybody that ever speaks to you like that? No. The natural human disposition is to amplify what isn't working, right? Is to talk about what is not working or what can be better. We hardly ever talk about what is working well because we expect that by default, as I sleep, I should wake up, right? That as I sleep, my kidneys should be okay. My organs, my internal organs must be fine. Except the doctor says otherwise. But there's a way you interact with God, that you are not even mindful of certain things that he just, by default, he's faithful to take care of. And so the psalmist is saying here, forget not all his benefits. And that health conversation is just even one aspect. So let's go on to verse 3 and read together. What are these benefits as it starts to um, expatiate on them? Who forgives all your, who heals all your, who redeems your life from, who crowns you with and who satisfies your mouth with so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Isn't it amazing to have a God who is so mindful of both the little things and the big things? And I want you for a minute to just take your mind off what isn't working. Just for a minute, take your mind off what isn't working. And can we do something differently this month of December where we focus on the things that are working, where we focus on the sum total of our experience of God's goodness. The fact that you journeyed here today, it is God preserving. The fact that you are alive, it's not the effective work of your alarm. Your alarm didn't get you up. It is God and He is good. And I sense that there are people here who are thinking, so what about the people who lost their lives? What about the people who slept and didn't wake up? What about the people who are ill on the hospital beds and all? Now, if you're melancholic like me, I'm choleric and melancholic. If the melancholic part of me fixates on, I meditate on the world's problems. Let me just put it that way. So I, I don't know if I have family members in the house, but I meditate on the world's problem. Why is there poverty in this particular nation? Why are children suffering in this place? Why is this one not working? Why are the roads bad? You know, and there's a way your mind just goes on and on and on about the things that are not working. That you forget the mercies of God. You forget the favor of God. You forget the expressions of the love of God to you, to your family members. Now, quick story. I had... You know, about four, four years ago in 2018, my dad passed. And I remember before he finally died, he was ill briefly. And I was spending time with him in the hospital. And of course, I would go with my confessions, um, just declare over him. I, I mean, if you had encountered me in that season, I would always, I was full of optimism, which we call faith. I believed that, in fact, I had a word from God you know, that my father was going to be well, or so I thought. It wasn't that I had a wrong word, it was my interpretation of what I received, because I had an answer of peace when I prayed. In fact, at one of those um, moments where I was just by my dad's bedside, my father who had been in so much pain for a few days prior to that time, all of a sudden just, and he had sort of been in and out of a coma of sorts, and he just woke up by himself and just began to pray you know I was so excited like he prayed fervently and he was praying and and the words that he was speaking he was declaring life he was thanking God for life and of course I jumped on it as the you know woman of faith that I am jumped on it and I just began to agree with him I held his hand and all of that stuff and I just thought yes God has done it this is a note of victory we've received because it's one thing for me to have faith Personally, it is another thing for the person that I am having faith on their behalf to also believe that this is possible. And so I just believed that it was a done deal. Guys, I got home that day. So I'd done an all night at the hospital and I, then I got home that day and I was about to shower before I went. So my mom and I were, you know, taking turns. So my mom had gone and then I, I was supposed to have like some work meetings and I'll go back later in the evening. As I was about to step into the shower, God spoke to me and he said, if I take your dad away, will I still be your God? Ah, eri kere. And it's like, you say, what now? And I heard that question come again very clearly. I take your dad away. 
will I still be God to you? And I said, God, you would always be my God, but please don't test me. Ah, if anybody was around my bathroom in the, at that point, you'd have been wondering who I was speaking to because it was actually verbal. I opened up my mouth and said, God, you will always be my God, but please don't test me. Please don't test me. And that was it. And so that day, I believed that God perhaps, you know how it is, we just think about stuff and we're like, oh, so God wanted to hear me ask because the scripture says, ask and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock and, and you know, we are very quick to throw around scripture and I just believed that God really wanted me to vocalize my question or my need to him. And of course, just moving on from that day. Let's just say that by the next day, God took him. But you see, the difference is this. I believe God honored my faith by having an actual conversation with me to sort of prepare me for what was to come. And so while it was that I was numb for a bit, because I promise you there is no version of losing a loved one that is easy or that is appreciated. Whether they died just sleeping or they died when they were ill or had an accident, there is no version. No matter how old they are, your father is still your father. Your mother is still your mother. You don't want to lose a loved one. But the comfort of the Holy Spirit was really tangible in that season of my life. And while I, it was that, I sort of had questions that I asked him. I mean, I prayed and all. Like, God, if I just try and be more clear now, just tell me that you are taking him. So, but I said, but I had a conversation with you. And I asked you, will this change our relationship? And you said, no, he's gone to a better place. You see, there's so many things that I would not stand and lie to you about this morning and tell you I, can, I have fully figured out. No, because we know in parts. We cannot fully figure out God. If there's anyone here that has fully figured him out, please let me know. But these fundamental truths that I stand to share with you this morning, they are true from yesteryears. They are true today and will remain true. And it is the fact that God is good. He's always good. His nature is good. His attitude and disposition is good. Even in judgment. And I know that is probably jarring for someone today. Even in judgment, God remains good. You see, because there is the sovereign dimension of him that we cannot take for granted. He's Lord. The same God that is our Father is also our Lord. He is King of the universe. And so there are certain things that fall within His prerogative to decide whether to do or not to do. He chooses who He blesses. He chooses who He favors. He chooses those He, he has appointed and called to Himself. God is always good. Can we say that together, people? God is inherently good. The last is God is not selectively good. He's not discriminatory at all. Sometimes the only reason you think God is discriminatory or God seems to favor someone more than you is because you are measuring the outcomes of your life vis-a-vis -vis the person. You are comparing. It's an unhealthy personal comparison. Do you know why? Because scripture says, before you were formed, before you were formed, before I was formed, 
God knew us. He fashioned and designed us for a particular purpose and an assignment. So the way he created me and the things that he created me for are very different from what, how he created him and what he created him for. And we need to respect that. We need to own it and respect it. Even in matters of salvation, there's a parable that, I mean, Jesus would tell about the kingdom and how someone, a master would go out, you know, in the morning, recruit workers and agrees with them. I will pay you. So think about it. I come, that's the parable I'm interpreting. I come and I say to you, come and work with me. I'll pay you a thousand dollars. Three hours later, I go out and I get her. What are you doing? Nothing. I have work for you. Come and then I will pay you. But I don't tell her what I will pay. I come six hours after I've recruited him. I get her and I say, I will pay you. I come nine hours after I've recruited him. I say, come, you're not doing anything. I've got work for you. I'll pay you. And then I come at the 11th hour after I'd recruited him. And I say, come and work for me. And then at the end of day, I pay all of them $1,000 each. And he starts to get offended. Why? Because uh -uh, she came one hour to closing time. And you paid her $1,000. She came three hours to closing time. You paid her $1,000. I came from the beginning of the day and you pay me a thousand dollars that is unfair and Jesus will tell this parable just to help us understand how God works how the kingdom works and how that God it is his decision I agreed a wage with you didn't I when I recruited you I told you I will pay you what one thousand dollars and I honor my commitment how does that make me unfair so what we do a lot of times is we look at our lives. He looks at his life and compares with hers and says, why is she so pretty? God, you didn't do well. Why did she get a job? We finished school together and yet I just, I'm still looking for a job. God, you are not good. Why is it that she has money and I don't have money? Why is it that, you know, and we look at the things that are not working. We forget that God deals with us on an individual basis. So why compare? Can we take the three things together again? The three fundamental truths. One is what? God is inherently good. Two? God is always good. Three? God is not selectively good. And I want you to just bow down your heads this morning and just talk to Him. We will continue to build on this teaching series all of this month. So please stay, stay in church and uh, stay with us on our socials as well. But go ahead and talk to God. Are there ways and areas where you're currently struggling to understand and to acknowledge that He is good? Are you dealing with stuff? Are you burdened? You know, just preparing for this. It was strongly impressed on my heart that there are people who are carrying burdens and the burdens have clouded your, your mind from seeing these other things that are working. You know, you have been consumed by that health challenge that you fail to see the other areas where you are enjoying mercy, where you are enjoying favor, where you are enjoying God's goodness. So this morning, would you go ahead and just present your heart before the Father today and speak to Him about that particular thing that helps you, uh, that, that is currently preventing you from accepting the fact that He is who He says He is and that He is true to His nature. And go ahead and declare over yourself, Father, I enjoy your goodness every day of the month of December. 
in the name of Jesus. I embrace your goodness. I embrace your plans for me. I embrace your favor. I embrace your love. For someone here, it starts with an acknowledgement of the fact that he loves you. That he loves you. You may have all of this intellect. You may, you know, be super smart. You may have so much money. You may be so powerful, connected, influential. You know, you may feel as though the things that you have, you have gotten by sheer hard work. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. So go ahead this morning and begin to receive gifts. Go ahead this morning and begin to call forth the gifts that you desire according to His will. That the purpose and the calling of God according to election is what is permitted to stand in your lives. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone who is in a place of pain. Anyone who's carrying any burden, anyone who's currently grieving, you've lost someone, you've lost something valuable. Today I ask that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to gain divine perspective on how God is working in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I ask that God would hold your hand this month. He will strengthen your heart. He will cause you to have faith again. He will cause you to rise again. He will restore to you of His good pleasure. He will bless you in the name of Jesus. He will satisfy you with all that you require for life and for godliness. Father, we thank you. And we just commit the rest of today's service into your hands. Have your way and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we've prayed and agreed. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.